Hello, I am back. Oh, and you're about to hear a dog climb up next to me. As if I've been prepping to record this for so long and he hasn't moved and now he wants to get in on the podcast. Say hello, Rocco. Yeah, there he is. Guys, I'm back. I have taken so long off this podcast. Uh, Where do I start? I'm going to be super honest. I find it really hard. No, I don't find it hard at all, but I do find it hard to give advice off a platform. I'll happily give advice all day long to my mates if they needed it. But I find it hard to give advice on a platform to people who could be secretly suffering or really in need. Um, And because there is a level of narcissism to it, you know, I think you need to ask yourself, are you making the platform? Are you making the podcast? Are you making that specific episode, you know, for, I guess, like virtue signaling or to just be like, yeah, I got another thing out. And even though I didn't feel like that, I was super conscious that I was in the middle of figuring a few things out myself that I didn't feel justified in sitting and preaching to others how they should or shouldn't do stuff when I was in the middle of, you know, getting my own ducks in a line and I wasn't sure yet if my methods were going to work or not. So who am I to then give you guys advice or like fakely be like, yeah, stay positive whilst I was like at home crying, maybe. <laughs> I've done that a lot, but I'm I'm actually in a great space and so no one needs to worry. So since my podcast got put on pause, there wasn't like a dramatic stop to it. I just was distracted with other stuff and I felt like this wasn't a priority. And then, you know, when you start getting not even imposter syndrome, but slightly like, oh should I be doing this like oh it's a bit lame like no one's really listening I just kind of had those voices where I was like for the couple of people listening I was touching more people through other means of work whether it be through my video work or my art so for me it's always been about like impacting the most people possible not with the least amount of legwork because I'll always do loads of legwork it was just touching as many people as possible without exhausting myself and I just knew if I kept this on top of everything I was doing six months ago it just wasn't sustainable um, for my own kind of sanity so I thought I'd start this like kind of you know re-intro video with what the hell I have done since the last podcast series podcast So I created the last podcast during the pandemic. I created it, um, you know, when there was a huge fad of everyone creating podcasts. But for me, it was because I had detangled so much spaghetti. It had been a few years since I'd released my um, Fight or Flight short film, which went to London International Short Film Festival, um, all about my journey with depression about four and a half, five years ago now. And whilst my mental health has been pretty fucking incredible since there are so many things I have learned which I get to now tell you guys because I've applied them a few times and seen a pattern so I've been like oh my god oh my god guys like this happens when you do this so let me start with you know the big career change so it was almost a year ago now and it was towards the end of like when I slowed down on the podcast because I remember it was winter time yeah so it was just over a year ago I did the last few podcasts and I just, my boss kept telling me it's because it's winter, it's because it's cold, our office was underground, it was just, I was not living my best life. And whilst I was super happy every day, and I did love my job, 
I found myself when I would, from the moment I'd wake up, I was having to actively be happy. I was proactively going about my day, doing like choosing things that would make me happy, which obviously is like a better way to live than to not choose happiness. But it shouldn't have to be like, it shouldn't have to be an option each day. Like, hi, if you don't choose to be happy, there's a chance you'll accidentally end up miserable because, yeah, you didn't see the positive in this shit situation or, you know, just because it's raining doesn't mean it's like the worst thing ever. Be positive, la, la, la. But sometimes it gets tiring and you just, you want your environmental factors to naturally create a happy state for you. For instance, like, you know, sunshine, beach, like walking along the pier, listening to a podcast, having your coffee lady happy because the sun's shining and she's had a beautiful morning, like little things like this, which I know sounds like really fantasy, but it's not, it's not fantasy at all. I'll tell you why, because I created it. No, but (laughs) seriously, I was miserable and cold. The fact that the first thing I'm doing in the morning is putting on layers and layers of clothes. The fact that I was having my cold shower whilst really like adamantly, like and powerfully saying my, you know, affirmations. Yeah, that is amazing, of course. But I was doing it so that I wouldn't trip. I wouldn't like drop my head sometime during the day and realise fuck, I'm in a really shitty cold environment. My pay's not that great. And even though I love my job, is this life? And that's, unfortunately, I found that voice creeping in and I was like, no, 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 I'm happy. I'm super happy because you make, you know, you create the happiness you have and it doesn't matter where you are. You can be happy no matter what. But the truth is, there are some places you can actually be happier than others. And so... I took it upon myself to be like, you know, I'm Pani Parsons. I created Detangling Spaghetti. I created this short film about finding your happiness. I preach every day on my Instagram, like, quote, like comments, captions about, you know, do that thing you've got to do, cut that negativity out of your life, like fortune favours the bold, all these things. And it wasn't until one morning, so I was trying to get into a routine of wake up, have my coffee, read a bit of my book, and always these self-development books, because I just, I do love them, I absolutely lap them up. The truth is, you can read a whole book and only take, like, a handful of sentences out of it, but you just need the right sentence at the right time, and I just remember this book had quite a few nuggets in it, you know, a job we have no passion for puts us at risk of living a life we have no passion for. Now, I need to make it super clear, when I was a filmmaker, I loved my job, And I loved all the elements that came with it and the potential it had like to where it could have taken me. But I didn't like the trajectory. It wasn't happening fast enough. And I know, you know, you can't build overnight. But I was like, I just know in my gut the fact that something's unsettled and unhappy within me. I was like, I know I can go faster than this. And I know I can achieve what I want sooner than this. And I'm at an age now. I'm 31. People are dying more frequently now. Because, you know, we're older, like whether it be natural causes of death, whether it be freak accidents, I'm seeing it more than when I was a child. And I just kept thinking like, man, imagine if something, and this has honestly been the thought pattern that has really driven me for a couple of years now. I was like, imagine if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I'm lying in my grave and they do the kind of like final interview to evaluate, you know, to do a conclusion of my life. And 
all I have to say is I tried really hard to be happy in an environment and a circumstance that actually didn't really make me that happy. I'd be like, wow. And I, and I stuck at it because I was told I was convinced by numerous people, you know, have a five year plan, have a 10 year plan. Yes, that is smart. Trust me, that is smart. But make sure you're living every single day on the way to that five and 10 year plan, doing shit that makes you really, really happy. Not convincing yourself you're happy when deep down you're actually not because someone's told you, don't worry, it will get happy soon. Soon might not be soon enough. So tensions were rising at work because I was within me getting more and more unhappy. Um, I was dreaming of sunshine. I was like imagining the sand in my toes and the sun on my skin. Now the thing is, I've worked in a hot country before, so I know perfectly well, you can still live in that beautiful environment whilst doing, whether it be your nine to five or your freelance job or your self-employed job, whatever it is. So knowing that that was totally achievable and capable and it was within my reach and the fact that I was kind of manifesting it by stalking all my mates who were were living that lifestyle and it wasn't in an envious way, it was in with a pen and pad kind of way, like, right, this is how they're living that life, how do I achieve that life? So I started, like, educating myself, listening to podcasts, reading books, watching interviews about people who do create that kind of lifestyle. And I'm not talking about life mentors or business gurus. No, 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 no. I'm talking about people who are literally living, doing that nine to five. Their nine to five is not to tell you how to do it. Their nine to five is doing that job that they're so passionate about, but perhaps they're using their social media to showcase the life they're living right now to showcase where they came from, to showcase the before and after, to showcase the process in between. And that is everything that like, I was like, I want to achieve what they have, but obviously in my own way with my own, you know, skill set and my own job title. But I also want to pass on what they've unknowingly passed on to me. Now, one of those people was James Smith, James Smith PT. Um, and I mentioned I like name drop him because it's relevant given where this story's going. So I just went into the office one day, tense into a high, and I just it was just this final straw of a job that I thought, nah, I didn't kick off nothing. I just was like, no, I, I I'm not doing it. Now bear in mind this was so close to the lockdowns being lifted and summer was coming. We we'd just come to, I think we we're coming into Easter, just in the middle of Easter. So summer was on its way. I just thought, no, nah, I'm too tired. It's, I'm done. Now, the beautiful part about being in that point in life is people say to me, how do you get like, and this is podcast topics that are going to come up. People say, oh, how do you get the, you know, confidence to travel? How do you get the confidence to start your own business? Where do you start? Like, what do you do? What was your deciding factor? All these elements. The truth is you've got to be so fucking done. No option is the best motivation. I did not have the option of continuing that job anymore because I, I couldn't, I, it wasn't happening. I just couldn't tolerate it anymore. Same with like, if you want to go travel, you shouldn't have to wait and you shouldn't have to wait for it to get enough is enough. But sometimes to take that first plunge at anything that's slightly scary because it's outside of your comfort zone, you have to almost be pushed over the edge. You have to be so fucking done that you're falling into the uncertainty of whatever the fuck is out there because you can't stand still in where you are at the moment. It's not sustainable and it doesn't make you happy. 
and you're over it. And people who talk about doing it but don't ever take the plunge, I'm just like, well, you clearly weren't over it enough. Once you have nothing left in you and you're you're beaten down and you've got zero resilience left and you do not give a fuck anymore, that is when the real magic happens. So I remember I said to my boss, we just kind of had a chat and he said, you're done. He just knew it. He was like, you're so checked out. And I was like, yeah, I am. And he was like, but what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. But what I do know is fortune does favour the bold. And like being brave and taking a plunge like this has never not worked out for me and has never not worked out for anyone else I've known who's done it because I follow these people who talk about that scary moment that they just decide to give it all up for the dream. I didn't know at this point know specifically what the dream was. I just knew the environment that it would leave me in. And that was a natural, happy state of waking up, feeling the sun on my skin, walking to get a coffee, not having to chuck loads of layers on, sipping that coffee whilst I listen to an awesome podcast. And then I go about my work day like I did in the unhappy environment because it was never about the job. It was about all the other bits around the job. It was the environment I created for myself that made me miserable. It didn't make me miserable and I didn't create it for myself. Sorry, it just was the pandemic has left me here and I'm I'm not happy with it. So as soon as I know I can do something about it and I, it's within reach, I'm doing it. So I quit my job. If you're listening to this through my social medias, you know I'm an artist now. I've always been a portrait artist. So what people don't know is there was no big plan to start this job, to even create the Idol Biro. I just said, like, on my first day off, I took, like, a couple of days off, and then everyone was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. But what I do know is before I even start looking for a job, I'm going to draw six big faces. Because whilst I can't go on holiday, whilst I can't feel the sun on my skin, whilst I can't really, you know, go explore and be liberated, I'm going to do the other thing that makes me really happy and makes me really calm and makes me feel really fulfilled and productive, and that's drawing. So I decided I'm going to draw six big faces in six days, and then I'll look for a job. Cue the character of James Smith. James Smith was the officially the fifth of the six faces I drew, but he was the first one I released because on the day I decided to release them, um, I completely by chance realised it's his birthday. So I was like, oh, I'll start with James Smith. So Malala, Yosefi got put back. Sorry, absolute don of an activist, but she got put on pause because I thought, well, if there's ever a day someone would love to receive a time lapse of their face, it's your birthday. Anyway, um, by the power of the internet, it got to him. He reshared it. He reached out to me. He asked for it. Um, and it led on to what became the Idol Biro. So I don't think he really realises that thanks to him sharing it, the attention it drew and the commissions I then got after that. And because I was a filmmaker, content creator and um, I guess like digital marketer, there were so many elements. My skill set was big enough that when it came to then, damn, I've got like fucking no time to create a website. Boom, did that overnight. I need to create all the elements of the website. Boom, did that overnight. I need to start advertising it, promoting it. Boom, did that super quick because I was capable myself of doing it, the joys of doing my previous job that I could then apply here. So um, it went like semi-viral, got loads of commissions off the back of it, and that begun what was then my job. I was like, oh, shit, I'll just do these commissions, then look for a job. But no, the commissions just kept rolling, kept rolling, kept rolling. So that's what led into me leaving the previous job that I was quite stagnant and stationary with to then this job where I worked any hour of the day I want. 
I train any hour of the day I want. I can do this anywhere in the world. And I was like, holy fuck, holy fuck, I've done it. I was like, I've cracked the code. So the whole point being was then to maintain this, to be able to maintain this so that I can continue to live this dream life that not by luck, because luck is the marriage between preparation and opportunity. I was so prepared with my art skill set and then the opportunity of James Smith sharing it. Those two married that then created the luck, if you so want to call it that. So I was reading this book and this is when I'd started the art page and I decided, right, how do I take this on the road? And I was just so happy with life. And what I'm talking about six months ago, I read this section and I shared it on my Instagram because I was like, guys, like I've cracked the code and this this chap, this uh, paragraph alone couldn't sum it up better. A master in the art of living draws no sharp distinction between his work and his play, his labour and his leisure, his mind and his body, his education and his recreation. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence through whatever he is doing and leaves others to determine whether he is working or playing to himself he always appears to be doing both. And that is what summed up my art job. My It's weird calling it a job because it, again, doesn't feel like a job. There's no distinction between play and work. And whilst I know everyone's not an artist and everyone can't just leave their job and then by chance, you know, have their work shared on a huge platform and then it draw in loads of work and boom, you live happily ever after. And it hasn't been happily ever after, believe me. Um, but that's a different episode. My point being is, I'm back on these podcasts now because I've had the maddest year of applying loads of things I wasn't sure if they were going to work, processes, systems within myself, within my daily routine, mindsets that have got me to where I am now, where I'm ready. I'm at a cha- I'm at a chapter in my life where I'm like, right, I'm ready to reflect on the past couple of chapters that got me here and share my findings with you guys. So the biggest part that got me here was A, fortune favoring the bold b not just reading self-development books which are about spirituality and self-love and manifestation those are incredible when you're trying to believe in yourself but then actually trying to apply business you then you go pick up you know certain books the one i've just quoted to you from that is from the book the code of the extraordinary mind i've got another book called mindset i'll link all of them below in the bio for this podcast so that you can start reading you know applicable books not like Tony Robbins but I'm talking books that specifically talk about your mindset with business actual applicable techniques that aren't airy-fairy and spiritual spiritual nothing wrong with that again because I still read that stuff and I still apply that stuff but I was like okay I need to be a bit more logical about this now and practical because this isn't just some dream holiday honeymoon period of my job I was like I need to maintain this because I've actually got the best job now the best lifestyle and it's thanks to my job and my daily patterns so I've been taking my art on the road and it's been incredible where where it has taken me and there has been some really tough times I've had to make some big decisions and I keep reflecting back to the nine to five I had before and the plunge I took to get where I am now and I've just been like it's so bulletproof it is such a bulletproof way to go that if you make friends with discomfort 
if you get comfortable with the uncertainty, but if by having so much faith in yourself, you trust the uncertainty because you know that's where the magic happens. It's it's a tough one to kind of sum up because there's obviously like a part two to this of like then what has happened with the business. But after I built the foundations of it and I spent about eight months knowing that, right, this is a decent income, a decent stream of income. Now, how do I take it one step further? Let's take it on the road now because I have the luxury and flexibility of time and I can do this art wherever. And that's why I took Idle Biro Global and I decided, okay, 2022 is the year that I do exhibitions all around the, the world. And it's something that's in, I, like, I don't, I won't talk about it too much now because it's obviously still in the process of happening. So how can I preach about how to do it when I'm still, you know, piecing that jigsaw together? But if I'd have done this podcast one year ago and spoken about chasing your dreams and creating your dream life, it wouldn't have had the truth in it that it has now, that one year later, I'm not sitting in that basement office. I'm not doing that nine to five of a job I do really like whilst waking up in the dark, the sun hasn't risen, it's bloody 8am already, I'm layered up, I'm plodding to work, the highlight of my day is the seven minute walk where I get to listen to something, podcast, whatever, I'm looking forward to that three pound coffee, like those aren't the things that you should, yes, if that is the highlights of your day, awesome, but the fact that that was the highlight of my day, and I'm looking at rain falling between the cracks in the pavements and I'm trying to find beauty in that. And I, I remember doing that, just being like, be present, find beauty in everything. And I was looking, yeah, look, rain is beautiful. The pavements can be beautiful. But the fact that that was the beauty I was finding in my day, I was like, come on, Panya, level up. And so like, if you find yourself doing that and if you're conscious, like, good for you for a start, well done for not being a negative piece of shit and just be like, this is shit, this is shit, this is shit. Because that is such such a shitty mindset. If you can find positives in what is not your favoured environment or circumstance, to be polite, if you, if you know you're in just your least preferred environment and that's not the life you want to be living, yet you're still finding positives and you're finding ways to laugh and be happy and just turn up as a like decent, happy, infectious human being, well done. Trust me, because that is step one. And it's almost like the universe watches that and it's testing you because then when you do take the plunge and you do level up and you get served this environment that is what you want and what you've dreamed about and you maintain that like positive mindset, if you are in the growth mindset where no matter what, you will make something work and you're hungry to make it work because at the end of the day, that's your life that you're living in and you know that and you want to be happy in it. You actively want to be happy in it. When you then do get served that beautiful dream lifestyle environment, that mindset will sail you through. So if right now you're still trying to get your ducks in order, which I was for a while, um, to me, yeah, it's not an overnight thing. But if you're still trying to figure your shit out, but right now your environment isn't great, practice your mindset. Practice your mindset. Start reading self-development books, both spiritual, because I'd start with the spiritual before the business, because you want to, you know, water your own garden first. Um, get your house in order, figure your shit out. And I'm saying that whilst I'm thumping my chest, you know, touching my heart, sort yourself out, sort your foundations out, then start figuring, right, I need to be bold and I need to jump into uncertainty. I need to jump into the unknown. I need to be uncomfortable. 
because all of those things that make you uncomfortable, that make it uncertain are things outside of your control. But if you can can control what you can, which is you and what's within you, your mindset, your attitude, the effect you have on other people, regardless of what circumstance or situation you're in, you're winning. You are already winning and you already have the ingredients to make this recipe work.